Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's going to be amazing. Right, so I'm here with Emily McMeekin and Annabelle Rivkin. Hello, the middle. Good morning. We're already giddy to oh, be seeing gorgeous. each other. Um, <laughs> genuinely, I think if we were seeing each other in person, there would just be lots of leg holding of just like, thank God you're here. <laughs> Emily would be hugging you like a limpet. I'd be sitting on you, darling. That would be literally like, I'd be like coming in for a, like a cradle. <laughs> And she tries to hug me all the time. I have to lock myself in the loo. <laughs> I would allow it, Emily. I would allow it. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Everybody Everybody would allow it, apart from Annabelle. And she's the person I'm around. So what's the... Well, there's something wrong with... I think I've created a system she's, here which is not working. She's just trying <laughs> to hurt you. terrible withholder. You've got it. She's just trying to hurt you. And then one day she will give you that hug. And it will be like when Tony yeah. Stark hugs Spider-Man at the end of Endgame. Spoiler alert. Oh, my God. Do you know, spoiler alert, every, Final time, credits. every time the, um, my daughter's got very into Marvel at the moment, every time we watch the, or we watch the audience reaction to <gasps> the, the first ever audience, oh my God, Mjolnir. I literally how, I mean, done, okay, all right, we're going to start crying now. When Thor just says, <laughs> anyway. I knew it, it's just unbelievable and uh and 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 my, yeah we were just both sobbing as that everybody's cheering it's just great even though we've experienced it ourselves as well and still cheered anyway sorry to be i was thinking this balls. morning as i was going for another desultory dreary fucking walk um that <laughs> i needed a good cry but then i thought why do i still find it so hard to cry in front of people i still find it really shaming and i think it's the it's it's the vulnerability mm. Yes. I just I just can't bear it. Anyway, so I'm not going to. Were have you a cry. told not to cry in front of people when you were little because I was and that makes it feel very big now. I don't think I was told it, but I think right. I knew it. See, I cry a lot at sort of at um at kind of you know when I read or watch TV or or listen to music or, or walk down the street or or see Annabelle, <laughs> but basically, and and then I feel ashamed for my emotional incontinence. So it's like basically, whichever way we're up, we're shamed. My for... my my shaming crying habit that's in full flow at the moment is when someone is genuinely having a terrible time, something awful is happening to them. I cry at their story, and I feel like I'm stealing their feelings because they're being brave, and then I'm howling at their experience. Glennon Doyle, who I just spend my entire life quoting, says, of course I'm crying because I'm paying attention. It's the empathy dial, isn't it? The empathy dial goes right up and suddenly you're gone. And I feel like actually lockdown is that um, I feel that um, lockdown has turned my empathy dial to 11, basically. 11 out of 10. Yeah, because because I feel not only the weight of my own experience, but also the weight of the kind of the global experience. And it's incredibly hard to shut it off. Mm. Anyway. Isn't it just? Although I sometimes, having said that, I think I might have had to shut myself down a little bit to like a two because the weight of it all just seems so, the magnitude is just too much at some point. I know it's either bleeding yeah. heart or sociopath. <laughs> either oh giving all That's going the on my Tinder profile. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
You never know what you're going to get. It's pick and mix. It'll keep everything fresh. I feel like that's going on my Tinder profile. Is almost, it could be the answer to almost everything now. <laughs> Just like that's, that's where we yeah, live. It's anyway, true. Yeah. But you are here to share your feel-good habits. As we know, listeners, <laughs> these are the habits and strategies and techniques that my wonderful guests use in order to keep, a, well, stop a bad morning from turning into a bad day. And in many cases, just stop, just stop someone getting hurt. <laughs> As I once said to, when I said to Caroline Hyman, she was like, what are these feel good habits about? And I was like, well, in your case, it's so someone doesn't get punched in the throat. She was like, got it. <laughs> in the throat. Oh, those. Okay, I understand those. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so you, because we have two guests, and I think this is a first for feel good habits, so a twofer, uh, you're doing two each, and then you have one that you share. So who's going to kick us yes. off? Well, uh, Annabelle's just pointed at me, so that means I have to do it because um, I do everything she says. She's my feel-good habit, really. But Aww. anyway, I have to pretend that I've got other ones. <laughs> um, so I think the first thing that I absolutely love doing is scary height shit. Right. So um, I'm going to be a bit more clear about what that is. <laughs> and that is basically anything that involves climbing with harnesses, throwing oneself off treetops and uh jumping into kind of lakes or the rope sea bridges. In rope bridges zip wires um anything that takes me i think my greatest struggle in life is the lack of unification between my my kind of my brain and my body and the only time that we come together in a kind of really focused non kind of distracted and um and sort of oh look uh here's something you said in 1994 let's have a shame spiral is when I'm like is when I'm sort of up there in the treetops at something like go ape and just that's all I can think so about you're basically survival. adrenalized out of your mind I think so I think I think you know it's when I'm just purely focused on survival and not focused on 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 all the other stuff that kind of haunts me then I feel really good like fan fucking tastic so I recommend it actually I started doing I read the Wim Hof everybody talked about Wim Hof at the beginning of the year and I started having cold cold showers that I mean it's a it's a it, it's that the equivalent of that isn't it it's the basically... annoying thing about Wim Hof though is I think he actually says a cold shower won't do it you have to do total immersion yeah you have to do an icy lake I mean, I don't have an icy lake in my house. No. And nor time to find one. No. But I've got quite a few friends who clung to their survival, sobriety, mental health by finding that icy lake. Yeah. And plunging themselves into it every day. And I think it's just that feeling in the same way that I, when I first got up the, the first ever got up a go ape um, situation, there's one in Battersea Park um, and, and there's a few across the country, actually. And you're standing there and it's like, get across from here to here. And you go, holy fuck, why would I even do that? Your brain is going, no. And then when you do it, you think, oh, my God, all you have to do is let go because you are held by the harness. And that letting go, that just... I have never been able to do it in any other kind of yogic or Pilates or I mean I had I had osteopathy the other day because I've got a cervical disc bulge (laughs) and the the osteopath was like no can you please relax no 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 that's not it relax and he's like no still not it and I'm I just I'm rigid you know but when you're up in the trees or whatever and you have to just 
let go because you have to let the harness do its work or whatever. There is a theory also that one of the reasons people find it so freeing is because you know that your day can't get any worse. <laughs> yeah, well. You know, same with the icy lake. You know that the only way is up from here. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. It's like, oh my God, I've done this this terrible thing. Why would I do it? Whatever. Um, and and then, and you do feel all concrete. It was like the first time I ever went on a paddleboard, you know, and, and I'm not particularly sporty. Like I'm not a runner. I've got runner's heel from walking. No, but you are game. But I'm game. You're a game girl. I'm a game girl. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that, I think that's quite, uh, yeah, so I love roller coasters. I love all of that. <laughs> it's my like... absolute nightmare. Anything that you've just said from paddleboarding <laughs> to uh, zip wires to roller coasters. I mean, you can keep it. Oh, I, I, and I'm quite alone in, in this as well. Like, it's, I'm, I, I don't have a sort of gang of people who I can do these things with. It's really annoying. But, but yeah, no, paddleboarding. The first time I paddleboarded, I was like, here I am, primal woman. You don't know? you have a narrative in your head when you're doing all this stuff? Always. Sort of Claire Balding saying, there she goes, look at her technique as she cuts through the water. I, this is amazing. I absolutely have like an Olympic level kind of sporting commentating happening. It is fantastic. And I think that, you know, I, I can see as I'm talking about it, it's so obvious, isn't it? You know, we tell stories about ourselves all the time that are not necessarily good ones. We say, oh, you're too this, you're too that. You, um, oh, you know, um, that thing you did in, like I said, 94, whatever, that will stick to you as part of your narrative. And and obviously in, 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 um, in these moments, I can tell a completely new story, which isn't how I feel on the ground. But well, you there, can redefine yourself. Yeah. So that mortifying thing from 1994, when that comes up and the shame covers you and you believe that, the, that you know, because the difference between guilt, guilt and shame. So maybe if, if guilt is, I did something wrong and shame is, I am something mm. wrong. And then whenever you think of something that you've done that you regret or that you have peculiar feelings about, it comes up and you are covered in shame and that becomes who you are that's all that you are whereas if you do these extreme things then you're redefining yourself in the moment yeah absolutely and i by the way the I tiny, mini although extreme resets yeah and it the tiny reset it does it makes such a whole difference and i'm not talking about like i'm never going to climb ever i'm not going to be one of those people who's like hey sponsor me to climb everest slash here am i going for like i have a friend who climbed everest probably quite unwisely about a month ago um, and he said that as he got higher and higher and there was less and less oxygen and his altitude six sickness got more and more acute and he spent eight hours walking concentrating on just being able to breathe, he's never felt less anxious in his life. There was no room because of the physical exertion and the concentration it took just to survive and put one foot in front of the, the other. There was no room for that fuckery in his head. And it was it was incredibly therapeutic. See, I think that's really interesting because it's almost like if I went into a, it's almost like you go into a, like sensory shutdown on every level. And that is the point at which you are able to kind of hear what you are feeling well, or cuts, what you It cuts need. through some of the volume, doesn't and it? There's so much narrative going when on. When I spoke us. to Andy Puddicombe from Headspace on the podcast, he was talking about the brain scans they had done with various elite athletes. And one of them, and my memory is going to let me down here, but it was... um a professional golfer and they did these brain scans and they showed basically that when they were about to take a shot the focus was so that they were able to shut out the other thing so it completely speaks to what you're saying which is just when in a moment when actually the thing that you're focusing on the most is like not falling from a great height and dying then you actually chill out quite a lot 
Yeah. And I've is... heard something else about, um, about you know, sort of Olympic athletes, which is, it's, it's a different side of the same coin, which is that when they're doing it, their pure visualisation is that they have mm. done it, that they have won. So therefore, when you're doing it, you're basically hashtag winning. Yeah. For the first time and only time that day yeah. slash week. I also hasten to reassure listeners that I'm in no way an elite athlete of any kind. And you I are compared to, to me. But also, um, the other thing is, is that I, I think as a person, I'm naturally really competitive. And at the same time, I'm also incredibly a big people pleaser, which are quite sort of clashy mm. things. And I think that often clashes in me. So when when we went... Um, the most recent when as soon as it opened to to go and climb our trees um, I was with my daughter who's nine and uh, and we were put in a group with three other groups of all adults and they put us last because they obviously thought that we would be the slowest because we were female and and one of us was 45 and the other was nine and uh, and we thrashed everybody and we were so happy and it was pure like sorry as we go past you you know like <laughs> like a sort of psychopath but I mean I think that I think it's also incredibly nice to be able to unleash that competitive thing because definitely I I like I said there's fighting sides of my personality that mean that I repress mm-hmm. that I think we were taught weren't we not to be competitive not to be angry not to be any of these unladylike things yeah exactly so I think that uh, so it's quite nice to be like pure to for those pure things to come out anyway so and it's a go. way of kind of claiming your space in the world isn't it rather than trying to be smaller all the time yes yeah. exactly this is true the whole thing about making oneself smaller is so interesting and I've had hypnotherapists psychotherapists and various ists on, on this podcast over the course of the last five years. And each and every single one of them, when we've talked about weight for whatever reason, they have talked about the many people who have come through their clinics who have said, I've wanted to be, I've wanted to make myself small or I've made myself big to be immovable because of things that have happened. And it's so interesting, this idea of making yourself smaller so that you don't disturb anyone or don't take up too much room. Yeah. Yeah, and don't occupy exactly more space than necessary. And I feel like, yeah, we should do more women spreading, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should be sitting there going, here's my bag on one seat. I mean, I know, but then of course we wouldn't because we'd immediately be like, no, 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 no. I, 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 I must. Uh, I oh, must no, only... I'm happy to do that because I don't want anyone close to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a big bag on one side and a big bag or coat on the other I side swear, and no one will try and I hug swear me. I was this close during lockdown to buying a big hoop skirt so that I could walk around like a southern belle <laughs> like a big two metre <laughs> circumference around me just like stay the back off bitches a crinoline that's a sense that's a sensational idea also you'd never have to sit in a bunkette ever can you imagine <laughs> yeah, well if I did I'd never I'd never get out <laughs> That would freak you out. I'd become an installation. <laughs> Annabelle's very claustrophobic, which, by the way, is basically the best excuse for any, you know, if you're... I can't come camping, claustrophobic. Can't sit at the back of your car, I'm claustrophobic. I can't see anybody, claustrophobic. If anyone's looking for a, a quick get-out clause for anything, because we're out of cancelling practice, claustrophobic I'm claustrophobic, Darren! <laughs> if you haven't watched... I know when you're trying a dress on, and you, a dress, you know when you're trying a dress on, and you, you can't quite get out of it, you're stuck in the zip... I will rip it and tear it apart like a wild animal rather than patiently try and, you know, I mean, <laughs> basically I'm a wild animal. Oh my God, that is just so triggering that I've just remembered sort of terrible kind of 40, when you're 14 and you're in a shop that you can't quite 
afford and you're trying on a dress and the zip's stuck and you're, you're thinking, too shy to ask for help and you're too shy to ask for help and also you're so worried because you really genuinely can't afford the dress and you're just I don't know oh my god panic panic and panic in the days when we used to go into actual shops and yeah. actual changing rooms. and yeah. to make matters worse when you're actually making the dress damp with your sweat because you're panicking so much <laughs> It's sort of dribbling makeup into it. <laughs> just going to put it your back on the rack. Your slides. <laughs> yes. Also, you've pulled it sort of halfway over your head. So you're basically pressing your full face of makeup into, onto the fabric. The whole thing is Here's the so thing. Undignified. For anyone who ever does get stuck in a top or a dress, the way to get out is actually to bend over and then take it off. That works. If you bend over and then peel it, it off over your head, <laughs> it works. Oh. Because I want... It helps. It helps. I know that trick. And I've still sometimes found myself trussed up like a sort of Christmas turkey. I had to call a friend once because she lived around the corner from the Debenhams in um, Clapham. When I was stuck in a top, I was like, I'm really sorry. Can you come to the side? Are you busy? Can you come to the second floor? I'm definitely stuck in this top. There was a brilliant post by Jane Fonda a couple of years ago um, after the Oscars or the Golden Globes. And she was still in her dress from the day before because she's single and didn't have anyone to help her get it out. And she was just like, here I am. I just, they all put me in it and then they fuckers left. And now it's the next day and I got to get out I got sewn into a dress once by a fabulous stylist called Rachel Fanconi when we were in Cannes. Was it Cannes? Yeah, uh, Monaco. God, that sounds so bougie, doesn't it? Where were we, Karen? And um, uh, I got had a bit too much to drink and had to sleep in the dress because she had ditched it to my bra, my brazier. And this £39.99 Henny's dress <laughs> became a night dress. There you go, exactly. Multi-purpose. I'm sure we've slept in our clothes many times. I mean, the last year, I've been there hasn't been a huge distinction between nightwear and daywear. So. Do you know most of my summer dresses can be night dresses or day dresses? Just a bit of white. You muscle. know what I did think? I think a lot about recently is you know all those times in uni years and like your early twenties when changing and making the bed seems like such a chore that there'll be times where you sleep on the mattress without a fitted sheet on and sleep under a duvet without the cover on and the same with the pillows. And you never notice when the last time is that you're going to do it, but you know that you're never going to do it again. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's inconceivable of me to think, oh, I just won't bother doing that. (laughs) Yes, you know, if you spill a cup of, you know, tea on your bed at midnight, you will get yourself a new mm-hmm. sheet and put it on. You you know, you just somehow, you can't. I think it's part of it. It's not so much discomfort. I think part of it is a sense of, of who you are, your own standards. Like, I can't be that person. Yes. Yeah. yeah I've can't, I, I'm no longer mm-hmm. that person. Yeah, but you just don't ever notice the last time. That's what I think about sometimes. Anyway, right. Um, Annabelle. Let's go on to your first few good habits. Well, mine's much less interesting and basically entirely the opposite. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm obsessed with baths, as probably everybody you've ever had in this podcast is obsessed with baths. Um, but I like to, I like to eat fruit in the bath. I like to really messily eat oranges in the bath. So because there's I, no jeopardy uh, of I'm obsessed with everything being clean and nice and right. linen. Um, uh, you know, in, in in a sort of quite unrelaxing, unpleasant sort of way. And um, and there's no jeopardy. I like to be upstairs. Last night I was downstairs um, watching telly and I looked at my phone and it was 21.08. And I was still downstairs and I thought, 
how can I still be downstairs? <laughs> you know, I should be upstairs. So I'll make myself a little sort of plate. And, um, and you know, it's cherries in the summer, oranges and satsumas in the winter. And I go upstairs and I have my Kindle by the bath and I may or may not have something nice in the bath. And there's something about it where where I can sit there and just, you know, that for me is, is indulgence. I don't want a you know, glass of champagne. I literally want a dribbly, juicy, messy orange, probably two oranges, actually. And I'll really, really go to town on that. And I, I don't know what it is about that, whether it feels decadent in a way that isn't bad for me, because there's nothing bad for you mm. about that. There's nothing wrong with that. And most of the time I'd be smoking or drinking or doing God knows what, you know, I love all that stuff or used to. And so I guess I'm replacing it with different kinds of rituals. And one of them is, 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 uh, is, is controlled messiness. <laughs> I also think it's like, honestly, it, when you when you describe it, I feel like it's one of those like short films by some French auteur of just some gorgeous woman eating fruit in the bath, and it's That's his sort of love exactly letter. Exactly the image you I know? had. It's like very yeah. It in no way <laughs> looks like that, you know, because it's my that you know in no way. But thanks, guys. But no, but I do. I really feel like it, it's like it is. It is sort of cinematic in its sort of indulgence, and, and uh, as well as being quite. I illegal. imagine Monica Bellucci <laughs> doing it. Do you know? That's the image. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Because what I'm not interested in baths particularly is, you know, I can take or leave the smelly stuff, the face packs, the exfoliators, all of that stuff. That feels like work, <laughs> really. I, you, know, you know, I just, that feels like, okay, I need to do this in order to be somehow a fully functional human woman. Oh, there's an ingrown hair. I've got to deal with that. Whereas when it's, um, you know, oranges or cherries or peaches um, and, and, and you actually you end up slightly infusing your bath with, you know, fruit juice anyway. <laughs> Do you find as well, well, I don't know, but maybe with baths, you, there's such a complicated relationship with them, i.e. the anticipation of the bath is so great. But then when you're in and you're like, ah, oh, this is the most lovely thing. And then you're like, actually, it's too hot. You start sweating or it's too cold. And uh, I don't know. And then you're in there and you're thinking, oh, the temperature thing is a constant. You know, if you have a long bath, then you, you, the temperature is never right. You've got the, you're twiddling the taps with your toes, which you immediately notice your terrible goat herd feet. And um, you're twiddling and you're making it hotter and hotter. And then you suddenly think, oh my, I'm about, A, I'm about to pass out. B, I'm half boiled and this can't be good for my skin. So then cold, 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 then hot, hot, hot. And so, you know, there is, you are constantly, while you're in the bath, you are constantly low level working on your bath. Yeah, I've never, I've never, I mean, That's we've so already... True established that I struggle with relaxation but the idea I've never fully relaxed in a bath I remember once going to some amazing hotel um years ago when we could travel or years ago when I could actually like go to amazing hotels and and getting into this bath and it was so big and beautiful I thought my god this is the most beautiful bath I'm I'm about to have the best bath of my life and for some reason the angle of it was so bad I just kept sliding into the middle of it and you just and a bath with a bad angle is 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 incredibly infuriating but you know when I was at university I used to get into the bath with my best friend with a bottle of wine and a packet of fags did you Mm. and we'd sit there for hours till we were prunes we'd sit in the bath together and we'd smoke and we'd drink that's so cool. I, I mean, so I maybe this is a sort of grown-up iteration of that. Yeah, maybe I should come into your bath and eat your fruit with you. Uh, well, I mean, you know, come on in the water's lovely. <laughs> but no <laughs> hugging. No, no, exactly. no. I don't mind naked bathing, but please no hugging. Okay, okay fine. fine. Right. Fine. <laughs> Emily, what have we got next from you? So my next feel-good habit is I am definitely a tween culture sponge. Ooh. So... I have, um, I'm sort of 
as obsessed with um, TikTok as my children. And I just think that, I, I, you know, they call me cringe and that's fine, but I love tween culture. I want to watch all of the sort of terrible tween dramas. I want to read kind of, you know, all the young adult fiction. I want to, um, I want to know about all the different romances and who's going on. It, basically, I just, it, it's that side of me that hasn't grown up and, uh, and I just but want to But does it also it. feel slightly like you're like quite voyeuristic? Yes. Is it, you know, you remember when, when, when we were teenagers, you know, youth was an island. You know, when you were, when you, when you, by the time you were 20, you no longer had access to it. And um, because, of course, there wasn't, you know, Instagram. You couldn't see it. You didn't know what they were doing and watching and what was coming up through the generations. And now you can be a peeping Tom and you can know what these kids are watching and what's going on. And that's kind of a thrill, isn't it, yeah. compared to the mystery that it used to be? Yeah, it's a complete thrill. And I love knowing um, what the kind of phrases are and what everyone's saying. And, you know... I, what yeah. are the phrases? Well, there's cringe, which seems to be the thing I hear most of the time. There's a, there's a, a, a fantastic um, uh, f- sort of s- strange sound called sheesh, which you, which you say when you are sheesh, when you're like, oh kind of thing, or, or you're punctuating something. I think that's quite fun. I mean, obviously, I'll be like 100 years too late. Obviously, this will have gone out of fashion. But um, but yeah, I think, and I also think it's it's not so much about relevancy, like I wouldn't apply it to my grown up life or, or anything. But it's the idea of just staying connected with everything that's happening of not being kind of not suddenly deciding, oh, that's not for me anymore. And I feel like that's a key to say to staying well, to, to feel good about yourself and not, you know, at, at, at a point where every single one of my Zoom meetings with, uh, with, 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 with people that I, that I work with who are in their 20s, I'm the one who doesn't mute, who unmutes myself accidentally or mutes myself and nobody can hear. I haven't started the video or whatever. And you do feel that quite quickly, that shift between the being the person who is like, oh, yeah, just you need to press that button kind of thing. And it's whatever. all too easy, isn't it, to put on your metaphorical blue rinse? And just to go, okay, this is no longer for me. Yeah. But, you know, it's like giving up on technology. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you check out of that of that stuff, then you check out of life. Yep. So I'm fully embracing my tween self. Um, and that's, yeah, that's I, it. I actually have a similar but different thing in that I like to go back to the stuff that I watched when I was a teenager. So, for example, nothing will give me greater joy than once a year revisiting my so-called life. Oh, it's so great. And it's still so great. It's though. still so great. And basically, I went to an all girls school. I didn't have boyfriends at school. So for me, I got to live my teens through the experience of Claire Danes, aka Angela Chase. And so I like to revisit it. And then but when then weird things happen, like Netflix have this series of films called The Kissing Booth. And I will watch that over and I love that you love it. I will watch that over and over again. And then I will sit there and think, is it not inappropriate for a 43-year-old woman to be spending her Saturday afternoon watching The Kissing Booth about a 17-year-old's first love? No, it's absolutely fine. And also, I love the fact that occasionally I'm just standing in the kitchen and I start singing the theme tune from Dawson's Creek and you're just like, <laughs> I don't want to wait. And I'm not going to sing it. Cause, but, but also, you know, <laughs> you know, it's important to remember that we're all still 13, 17, 22, 29. We're all the women that we ever mm, were. So, you know, it's lovely to reconnect with that. Yeah, I agree. I think you're. I think you're so right. And we carry all these women. We carry these girls. We carry this in inside. You know, from the times when we were, you know, so unhappy that we became shadows to when we were so 
fucking kick-ass that we became pirates to when we were so ambitious that we became sort of slightly embarrassing executives, you know, to when we were basically drug addicts, to when we were, <laughs> you, know, the, you know, when we, were, when we had this slutty summer, you know. We, we've, we've had all these different iterations of ourselves. And, you know, that's the colours of our rainbow. So why not sit there and watch, you know? Yeah, I think, and, and I think that that, um, that, that, that the, the, the way that we are sort of, the, the way the demographics are sliced, the generational demographics, the assumption is, is that you can't move between mm-hmm. the two. And I think that's mad. We're only, you're, you are only, you know, we're not our mothers and we're certainly not our, you know, we're not millennials. We're just, we're who we are, but we can absorb everything. And I think... I think as well, the idea of, um, I just read a really interesting um, post about something called gender contamination, about the idea that anything that is perceived as being slightly female is therefore slightly off, slightly less, slightly less than. So it's like, this is girly stuff or, you know, whatever. And I think that, I think reclaiming all that stuff, reclaiming. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. All that, you know, feminine energy and also um, how we felt as girls is can only empower us onwards rather than rather and keep us in touch with how you know how the next generation of women feel etc rather than isolating it uh, us or siloing us into a kind of right now you're 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 in this segment. yeah because the thing is that girliness evolves into a superpower you know look at the girls educate the girls and then you've got what makes the world go round particularly now so I think anyone who dismisses girliness, it's a bit like checking out of life. Yeah, exactly. So embrace the girliness, embrace the kind of, you know, the youth culture, as it were, and, and, and follow everything. And also... I'm not yeah. sure youth culture is youth culture. It's just part of culture. No. Well, yeah, exactly. Culture. Just check into everything and see, and see you know, and, you, you know, it's uh, like all of these things. It's take what you like and leave the rest, right? But It is. And it's also when people talk about midlife. Um, and, you know, we talk about grown-up women, but there are lots of people and broadcasters and aggregators who talk about midlife. And it is without, a sh- sort of almost without exception, incredibly po-faced and frightening. Yeah. And it feels like a battle rather than a celebration. Whereas, in fact, what you can do is flip it on its head and talk about how funny it is and the wisdom that um, that lives there, which is different from experience. It's something that, you know, that, that operates in your very cells, doesn't it? Yeah, agreed. It's not just, you know, we don't just sort of step over an age marker and suddenly be interested in Argus and Tenor Lady. You know, come on. <laughs> yeah, lazy thinking, right? Lazy thinking. So, yes. No, it- so that so it's true. So I feel good when I'm when I when I'm sort of attuned to what's going on in the world. Yeah, because also it, in terms of consumption, it's a counter proposal to what you're you're supposed to be consuming, Absolutely. which is, I suppose, what Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> yeah, exactly, songs of praise. It's just like anything that's wrote, that sort of turns it on its head. And you're right. I think when as I approach forty, 
I was really worried about what that meant, especially as I hadn't ticked off a lot of the sort of life markers of marriage and children. I thought I was sort of going into it unprepared or without the trophies or, you know, my brownie badges to say that I was eligible for this level or this age. And actually somebody said to me, the best is yet to come. You're going to have more financial independence, more independence and more knowledge than you've ever had. It makes navigating the world so much easier. Do not see it as a bad thing. But also those life markers are just sticks to beat mm-hmm. women with. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, if you haven't done this by now, you are less than. Yeah, we, and I personally think it's nonsense, but there we go. But No, no, I, I completely agree. I think Violently I, agree with you. Yeah, violently agree, exactly. Nodding so hard that my leg is beginning Sorry to Sorry about your bulge. <laughs> no. What, but, yeah, well, you see, Emily's, Emily should uh, be wearing her neck brace. Yes, I do have a neck brace, which I love as well. Do you know why I love it? It's because this is, again, back to my sort of terrible codependent neediness or whatever it's like I put it on and like and everybody in my house goes oh look poor at you, you poor you whereas if I just you know stand there as a pretend fully functional woman nobody gives a fuck <laughs> I need a signpost <laughs> I do I need a look are you just going to start wearing a sling or a neck brace every time you have to go to the post office and things like that? isn't yeah. that like Munchausen's or something are you, you going to develop strange mysterious illnesses that but are always externalized to myself. yeah to myself yeah exactly that's it you could just get external. yourself a pair of crutches exactly because also yeah I'm not fine okay <laughs> I need you to know <laughs> this is true this is true this is right okay Annabelle where are we for your second feel good habit uh, we're still in my house because <laughs> I'm finding this unlocking quite traumatic yeah. and uh, and hard mm. to handle. Um, and I sort of find that I have uh, Stockholm syndrome with my house. If I am out, I almost immediately need to yeah. be back. Finding getting dressed really hard. Um, I'm finding connecting with people very hard, which just increases the isolation. Um, and I'm finding this, this is a really hard time for me. And one of the things that I've been... Um, uh, that I that I've been doing to channel some kind of emotion is I is I I've always loved period dramas like you know talk about crinolines you know you're my girl <laughs> let's wear crinolines um, but what I've enjoyed recently have been the really really bad period dramas so I've been hate watching period <laughs> dramas I hate watched Bridgerton all the way through New Year. I mean, I just thought it was so bad. I thought the plot was appalling. I thought the costumes were disgusting. I thought that even Renee, what's his name? Um, I know the whole world was swooning, but all I could see was the the veneers on his teeth. I just thought it was an absolute abomination. But I sat there, I I clawed out an hour or maybe even two for myself every day. And I sat there with my laptop, didn't even watch it on the telly. And I watched it and I thought, you motherfuckers, this is terrible. And then I kept going and I kept consuming, consuming, consuming. And it felt really good. It felt like an outlet for all my irritation. And sometimes what I also do while I'm hate watching is I go and I find, I find lipstick quite scary, right? Because it's just such a commitment. I go, I find a pink or an orange or a purple lipstick. I've got a beauty column. I've got a lot of this stuff lying around. I put it on. And then every time I go to pee during my hate watching, which is obviously every five minutes because bladder <laughs> the size of a lentil, I catch sight of myself in the mirror and I've got this absurd lipstick on and the only person who can see me is me and it makes me laugh. And then I go back and I watch, I'm like, The Pursuit of Love, read it 10 times. Really? Really? And then I'm angry all over again. Go for a pee, see my lipstick. I mean, it's an absolute little tiny roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> I think it, it's nice to channel your anger to something that is totally sort of benign. As well, again, will do no harm. And it certainly gives me something to talk about. So when someone says, so what did you think of, you know, whatever it might be, the last series of Downton, I go, 
Well, I think you're going to be sorry you asked. <laughs> I have so much to say about that because we've all been so oppressed by the news yeah. in the last year. You know, it's become really um, a, a trigger for mass fear, mass grief, um, disconnection. And we've been fed so much panic and so much uncertainty that if I can just sit there and watch something on a screen and then go and shout about it with the people I love, that feels like connection. <laughs> But do you know? But do you know what? It's funny you say that. The news isn't just the, just how terrible everything is. It's how fast. It's how quick the news cycle is. So one minute you've got the police who murdered George Floyd, that landmark ruling, the guilty verdict. Then the next day you've got something else, and the next day you've got something else, and then you realise that in the space of four weeks you've had the the death and funeral of Prince Philip. You've had that that verdict. You've had something else to do with a, a variant of Corona, and yet there's no time to absorb or really take in and process and compute the thing that happened before. So it's just, if you actually were to do a timeline of every single lead story on morning news over the last 14 months, I think you'd think it was a joke because it's yeah. just, the news cycle is so yeah, fast. If someone, if someone put, if like Aaron Sorkin or someone put this into some like high budget, fast talking American newsroom drama, you'd go, this is absurd. Yeah, this is completely far-fetched. News. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't, that would yeah. never happen. And I, that's what I think, as, as well as the, the gravity and the magnitude and the severity of all of the things, it's, this, it's the quick succession of it all, how the news is still operating. And we know how newspapers and news work. It's like, what's the next thing? And it's constantly bringing the worst thing to the surface, which means sometimes just for one's own mental health, you do have to check out and hate watch Drama. I mean, certainly, yeah. certainly for maybe the year leading up to November 2020, but certainly the sort of you know, the, the three to six months, I gorged on Donald Trump. I really, really binged on in a way that was very self-harming. Mm. And, you know, because all I did was make myself angry and sickened and frightened. But I, I read everything. It was the first thing I did when I woke up in the morning. Do you remember? Have, have you yeah, read? No, I uh, the Dangerous Case of Donald Trump. It's no. 23 psychologists' take on him and his personality. I will, it's behind me. I'll try and move and grab it without disconnecting my headphones so you can see the cover. I'm, I'm, I'm writing The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump down on one of my lists, which will never get looked at again because I can't seem to get anything it's, done at the moment, but it's on one of my lists. OK, let's have a look. Oh, yeah, this looks good. Okay, thank you. I'll send you a picture. That's my bank holiday weekend. I'll just dive straight back See, in. See, that's another thing. In lockdown, I completely forgot about holidays and bank holiday weekends. I can't tell you the amount of times I've scheduled things. And people have been like, you know that that's a bank holiday? Just lost all track. I know. Time's done something very weird, hasn't it? It's speeded up and slowed down at the same time. I know. I was in a, I was in a meeting this morning and, uh, and the, the, the woman hosting the meeting said, by the, talking to, to all the, the, the staff, and she was like, by the way, I just want to remind you guys that you have holiday to take. Can you please take some holiday? And everybody's just literally like, oh, yeah, shit. But you know, where to go, well, what, what to do? What are we going to do with it? It's well, so- I think it's sort of become about micro holidays, hasn't it? Well, by which I mean an hour. <laughs> so, you know, watching something or, you know, these tiny little, little moments of, of relief and release in our day but the disgusting lipstick trick is quite a how did one. you un unhook yourself from the trump madness he lost and disappeared right. so i could i i, I so you know I, I stayed i stayed you know i was mainlining till you know 
basically the inauguration of Joe Biden. Mm. Well, and then there was there was he, there was nothing more to say or read. So yeah, I, did, staying, I didn't wean myself off. It, it went. When Jack, you were staying on top of the suspended him from Twitter, basically when he was bad. Yeah, it was Pretty such much. a relief. I mean, you were basically you were basically staying on top of the threat. That was the biggest yeah. thing because he yeah. was the biggest threat. So you were like, I, I need was to know so, every move. Everything. I was so and disgusted as as no... and I was so frightened for the world. And I was so frightened for women, and uh, uh, and uh, yes, and but it but it wasn't it wasn't a nutritious kind of intellectual engagement. It was it was purely emotional. Mm. And it was as though I was, you know, that thing that we sometimes get where we feel, you know, you know, it, it's, it's a sort of funny controlling uh, delusional thing where we feel like we can, we can always control the world with our minds. If I care enough, mm. if I care enough, I can stop it happening. Yeah. Yes, exactly. If you know enough about it. It was interesting, actually, about the nostalgia. I mean, about watching, you know, hate watching period dramas and and uh, and there's definitely been a trend for people nostalgia watching so watching the same things over mm. and over again things that they've seen so people re-watching like shit's creek even though they've already you yeah. know whatever and i feel like it's that safety of knowing the yeah. outcome and knowing the end. that's why anxious people re-watch and reread because you know what's going to happen next if i'm watching something i can't watch anything even slightly sad violent or with any suspense in it because i can't sit with those feelings whether it's the empathy dial or the control whatever but if i am watching something like at the moment mayor of east town which is really quite good kate winslet who i've never really liked is really really good in it what's kate um, ever done I to you something... i've just i've just never i've never really i've never really She's never resonated with me, but she really does in this. And, um, and and when I know there might be a dodgy moment coming up, I fast forward it so I can tell when it's going to happen. I did it with um, a promising young woman when I knew there was going to be a you know difficult violence. I'll fast forward it so I'm I'm prepared and then rewind. I'm the arsehole who starts watching something, begins to think, oh, I don't really. I've, I've bonded with these people. I don't want anything bad to happen. So then goes to Wikipedia and looks at the plot and then reads. Me too. Yeah. Do you? Do you yeah, read ahead? I, have to. So I, 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 I did that with a promising young woman, which is how I knew when to fast forward. Oh my god, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely hate watching a period drama at the which moment. One? Which one? I'm watching. Uh, hate watching a discovery of witches. <laughs> I mean, that's not even a period drama. That's just an absolute fifty ninety bitches. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, but uh, I tried. I got halfway... fifty ninety witches. Um, I got halfway through and then just thought, this is just. It's basically Twilight. It, yeah, it's brilliant though because I can, I can like, I can cook, I can be on TikTok, I can work and watch it. <laughs> and the plot's so weird; it doesn't matter if you sort of drop a stitch. No, exactly. Yeah. It does because they'll just and there'll be a big, massive recap. Anyway. One of my favourite things there to do. Go. My friend Terry and I hate watch Towie together. So we'll text all throughout Towie. And it's the kind of stuff that some people feel comfortable tweeting, which I do not understand. But we do it in, pri in a private text chat because it's fun to mock these people. And on Sunday night, actually, so it's on a Sunday night, listeners, at 9pm, for those of you who don't know, and it's just garbage. But we hate watch it and we just, they'll say stupid things, like they'll, they'll call each other escape goats instead of scapegoat. And, it's, and we'll, just, we'll just text each other a scapegoat just to, just to know that the other one has clocked what's gone on. And on Sunday night, I was texting saying, are you ready for nothing to happen? Because invariably nothing happens. And he didn't get back to me. And at 10 o'clock, I texted him and said, you've done some shady shit in your time. But making me watch Tarry by myself is up there. <laughs> so uh, will you ever forgive him? Oh, yeah, by next week. <laughs> 
Do you remember when footballers' wives was on? Oh, probably 20 I love years ago. Footballers' wives, oh, so good. And, and a whole like seven of me and seven of my girlfriends every Tuesday night religiously would sit down together. You know, this was when you had to watch telly yes. when it was on. I would sit down together with you know a lot of wine and watch footballers' wives. Hate watch footballers' wives. There was a character called Chardonnay. <laughs> One of my first <laughs> interviews when I worked at OK Magazine, and it was when I was on work experience actually, was to interview Zoe. Was to go and be on the shoot where Zoe Lucker got interviewed, and I thought I had made it. I was like, this is amazing. She was sort of the sort of small town Joan yeah. Collins, wasn't she? Tanya Turner. She was playing a sort of. Tanya Turner, the super bitch. It was brilliant. Oh, I know, but I think hate watching, I mean, I think hate watching is a good thing. I know it sounds like we're sort of pouring negativity out into the world, but we're not really. It's about channeling our negativity, but it's also about sort of enjoying the spectacle in a kind of, you know, like basically throwing cabbage at it like they used to do at Shakespeare. Yes, because also when you're hate watching, you are nonetheless gripped. Mm. Yes. This is true. Do you have a limit? Because, for example, I I love reality TV. I find it such an easy distraction. Well, I have to tell you that Australia, Married at First Sight, sorry, Married at First Sight Australia got me through Oh, interesting. I haven't started that yet. So you don't have a limit, basically. Australians are super weird. Um, No, it's quite good. The English one's really, really terrible. But uh, but yes, there's there's always a limit, but we all have different indexes, don't we? So my limit might not be your limit. True, true. Um, okay, what's your shared feel-good habit? We, it was the last thing we did before the um, last March lockdown and the first thing we did when everything opened up Can last I June. Guess? We, yes. I was going to say karaoke. No. <laughs> no, it's not. We go, we, we go and we have a pedicure meeting <laughs> because we both believe that if we've got our feet together, we've got our lives together. Right, yeah. And so we go and because, you know, because you're, you know, we're barefoot a lot and, you know, you look down at the calluses and the sort of bulging bits and the, you know, it's just, it just doesn't feel Mm -hmm. so great. Um, And so we would go and we'd sit side by side in those big chairs and talk about work and leave with toes like glossy little cherries feeling kind of on top of the world, like we'd made a real Mm -hmm. shift. Yeah. Pedicures are wonderful. I really recommend it, actually. No, but I think it's the fact that it's not—it's not doing it in a leisure way. It's doing it in actively, like working, like inspiration for for what we're going to put on the mid-alt or talk about in the podcast or guests or whatever. So it's a legitimate thing, but it also feels a bit naughty because yeah, you're taking does. the time out, even though we are actually working. I feel a little bit but it's, you it's know not... how you get activity dating yeah. so you will hang out with someone only when you're doing something this is activity working yeah. I think it's great I think it's great to be productive and then have something to show for it at the end <laughs> it's, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. also, it's hard to find the time for you know it's funny how you can talk yourself out of the things that will make you feel better I don't have time to have that pedicure I don't have that 45 minutes I've got three hours to stare at the wall and panic but I don't have that 45 minutes to go and do that I don't have that 45 minutes for um, a Pilates class I can't find six minutes a day to meditate I can't go for a walk because I don't have time but I can isolate myself and feel incredibly unhappy and pressurized for many many it's hours so a day. true it's like stupid things like post office errands no one really loves going to the post office and it is definitely the thing that I put off a lot and yet when I do it what's the thing that I say as soon as I leave the post office 
oh that wasn't nearly as bad and it was a lot quicker than I thought <laughs> yeah. I can, it's not yeah. that bad yet the next time I have to do it I will still approach it with that same sort of this is such a chore and I I think that with anything in life most things in life not most things in life um uh, from from the, the the micro going to the post office to the really big challenges that we face anticipation for me certainly is the hardest bit oh 100%. How are you when you interview people? Because obviously you interview big names. So if I've got someone on the podcast and it's taken ages to get them or a big name, like Wim Hof, for example, last year, that had taken a long time to get. And beforehand, mm. uh, like three days before, I started my anxiety spiral of, I can't believe this is happening. I've wanted it for a year, but actually maybe I should cancel because I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> and then basically that repeats for 36 hours until he's like, hey, Hey, Emma, and I'm like, oh, hello. And then, you know, you just go into work mode. But I absolutely sabotage my own. I go through a kind of grief cycle. You know, I go through you know, sadness, anger, denial, the whole thing. You know, I get very cross and irritable. Who the fuck do you think he is anyway? And then I get very intimidated. <laughs> Who the fuck do I think I am? And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's exhausting. Do you, it's, it's when you can't kind of hold yourself within a situation. No, in fact, the thing that's hold, you're held together by the grim. You get this sort of, Annabelle gets this grim determination sort of vibe around her. Whereas I'm just like, oh, it'll be fine. I mean, I don't feel this way, but I just have, I present as, it's interesting actually, I present as kind of like, yeah, it'll be great, we'll be fine, we'll be great, you know. Yeah, light and shadow. Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? it? But it's part of everyone's preparation. I wonder what we'd be like if we were Whitney Houston, obviously still alive, if we had to perform at concerts, what our pre, pre going on stage ritual would be. It is never too late, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> what's your I mean I think yeah just like what's your pre-game it's basically pre-game whatever that game might be whether it's for, for me and for, for all of us it's podcast my, my, pre my pre-game is Silent Fury yeah no I don't get pre-game I get post-game yes you do don't you so I when, when we're when we've stopped finished today I will be a sweaty right. mess really stressed and I will have to like I will have to sort of slightly unpack all the things so yeah, I ha- all I you'll really it. have to do is have a big sandwich. Yes, yes, that's true. My... Yeah. That's what you'll need. You'll need a cup that's of tea and a big sandwich. That's another thing I've done a lot in lockdown uh, to avoid eating bad food. I have found it on Instagram and then sent it to my friend Terry, and then talked about what I would add to it in order to make it even more gluttonous. So that's porn. <laughs> like you might not do it in real life. You know, you never. You I, listen. I, I don't want to actually do this in real life. Rest assured. But check this out. Yeah. Basically a cheese-filled, beefy waffle type situation with some fries. Yes, I know. <laughs> Love the videos on Instagram of people making them and just like, you want more cheese whiz on that? Okay. I know I sit and I watch those as the cheese oozes or the chocolate or the oil or the butter. And I just think I will definitely make that. And I, 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 I don't know. I know TikTok go through this, go through the most unbelievable dessert pudding phases and it is literally if you go on the the put the if if you've got a sweet tooth you could look at like pancake cereal which is literally cereal made out of mini pancakes and just goes on and on in the sort of like cookie dough extravaganzas 
It's extraordinary. It's like a kind of, it's quite, a, it's quite interesting. It's like a sort of a version therapy. If you watch enough of it and it oozes yeah. enough, you don't want it. I'm not sure. That, yes, I don't know if that works with porn, but it does with food porn. <laughs> if it oozes enough, you'll definitely stop watching it. <laughs> I'm really angry about porn at the moment with all this, you know, everyone's invited and the, and, the, and, the, and the rape culture and what all the kids are going through. I'm like, deal with the porn, See, guys. I just don't understand This the is porn. a funny, how it's this possible. is the new cycle at work once again. A few months ago, that what you just referenced there about the kids in school, girls saying boys are watching so much porn on their phones at lunchtime and then I'm getting grabbed, basically. That was a top story. And then it disappeared. I was talking to my family about this at the weekend. It's like, where did that go? Because it's still happening. But we hold them. We hold these stories in mm. our hearts, you know, which is maybe one of the reasons that we're all so unnerved at the moment and also there hasn't been anything to do except watch the news we haven't been able to hold our friends in our hearts to hold our connections now we've had no access to them apart from the odd walk um so we've just been we've formed relationships with news stories yeah and we've got no context to 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 there's such a there's a thinning of the space between us and, and the experience because we're not filling it with all the normal day-to-day life stuff so so of course so we're raw basically yeah, yeah. it's like a sort of and and it's right there sort of beaming directly into our brains yeah there's no membrane oh. between us social membrane it's just no no god maybe we, okay let's definitely put a date in the diary to see each other and but you know it's it's i think it's it's good to understand why we all feel so thin-skinned and um and 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 other than ourselves and um and why things feel hard at the moment we're supposed to be like oh this is going to be the summer of love and actually i don't really i can't connect with what that might mean right now yeah i know i can only connect with my sofa and i think we just have to uh, take it at our own pace whatever and that's I think as well with social media, I don't know about you, but I definitely have friends who are, who've just gone straight back to how it was before and they are allowed to do exactly what the hell they like. But I would be lying if I said I didn't watch that sometimes and think, <gasps> and it makes yeah. me kind of think, oh, I just, I, part of me, and I would never tell somebody how to live their life, but I would say if you're out to dinner eight, five times a week at the moment, that makes me feel triggered because it's not a decision I would make. So I'm just like, well, I'm not yes. going to tell you not to do it, but equally just seeing you doing it is making me feel yeah. So it's really interesting you said that. So I went out last week to support a friend at her gallery opening and I was there for 20 minutes and I posted a picture of me at the gallery opening to support. And then I felt all I wanted to say was, P.S. I was in my pyjamas until 20 minutes before. I went straight home and put my pyjamas on and, you know, it was 22 minutes and, and, and I found it stressful. But of course, you can't say that. No, because even though you post a picture where it looks like you're winning, you want everybody to know that you're losing at the yeah, same time. Because exactly. you want them to know that there's that, um, that nuance in you otherwise you you look at the people who are doing everything and 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 half of you thinks oh you're assholes but m- most of you is quite jealous because you are unable to rise up and meet the world yeah. in that way um uh, and you know and i think it's got to be about small manageable iterations mm. because the problem is again we turn in on ourselves we always believe we're only one thing whether it's shame or that and so i now think is this me now yeah. is this it for me will i never be able to properly engage with 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 friends and with the world again you know those intricate networks of friends and community that we built up over the years and also we all sat there in lockdown we thought well listen I don't want it to go back to the way it was but I don't know what I want it to be now so you have to connect with how you feel which is hard in order to connect with what you need which is hard which might take us to what Mm. we want so it's just a time it's it's time isn't it it's a process and it's time 
and being kind to oneself during that process and during that time is the key, I think. Yes, as opposed to opening the cupboard full of sticks and finding our favourite one and beating ourselves up with it. No, instead, opening the cupboard and find the small feel-good habits. <laughs> yes, what from our from our bag of healthy coping mechanisms that we have been carrying around <laughs> everywhere we go. <laughs> there's a cupboard full of sticks, but there's also a loft full of uh, coping mechanisms. <laughs> a loft full of love. Aww. A cupboard full of crap and a loft full I've of love. I've loved this. We've been on quite the journey, haven't we? We've been on uh, hanging from yeah. suspended from tree lines. <laughs> Well, that's because there's there's no there's, there's no there's no filter right now and there's no like you know sort of conversational flow it's just whatever you feel like saying just spit oh, it out just said it man. thank goodness it's you Emma. yeah we love oh, you. i love you too now tell everyone where they can find you because i'm sure if they've listened to this podcast they will be desperate to go and listen to the entire mid-alt back catalogue well they can find us on at the mid-alt um m-i-d-u-l-t on instagram and our podcast that comes out every week is called i'm absolutely fine and it's brilliant i've been on it i listened to it it's fabulous it's great it looks at all the glamour slash indignity of being um a grown-up woman so we talk about all the things that we really have always hoped people would never see (laughs) (laughs) which is why it's so brilliant um ladies thank you so much for coming on the show and um yeah, let's get a date, a date in the diary. Emily, I'll hug you. Annabelle, I will. Yes. I will bow in front of you like like <laughs> Harry Potter has to bow in front of uh, the, the bird thing before he's able to fly it out of respect. Buckbeak. I will bow. Buckbeak the hippogriff. I thought you were going to say Voldemort, no. so I'm delighted with Buckbeak. That feels like you're giving me a present. Yes, I will bow in front of you with uh, appropriate reverence. And uh, Emily, I'll just give you a big old hug. How's that? Lovely. Oh, brilliant. Can't Sounds wait. Ideal. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having Anytime. us, Emma.